Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Are you sending direct mail? Is your phone ringing off the hook with motivated seller calls? If it's not, it's probably because you're not marketing. One of my favorite ways to reach motivated sellers is by using direct mail. And the reason is, is I can target those who may have recently got a divorce or who have inherited a property from a death, um, and so on and so forth. I can also target high equity. I can target absentee owners. And it is a tried and true way to get your message out. And more importantly than that, to get your phone ringing. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail so you can see the exact mail provider that I use. I want to share them with you. They do letters and postcards. Letters as low as 59 cents and postcards as low as 39 cents. Mike and I send hundreds, if not thousands, of postcards and letters to motivated sellers in our market every single week. Reason is, is because it works, and we are going to continue to send direct mail because it works. So if you're not using a mail provider already, we want to share with you the company that we use and they will hook you guys up with special pricing. Mention David Dodge or Mike Slane when you contact them. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail to get more information. All right, guys, welcome back. Today, Mike and I, we're both here in the studio. We just finished up a meeting, so it's actually Monday morning regardless of what time you guys are listening. And every Monday we come in, we get the whole team on a live, or not a live, but like a, like a Zoom call essentially. Um, and that consists anywhere from, you know, five to seven people typically. And we talk about what's going on in our business. Um, a lot of things typically happen in real estate over the weekend. So the reason we choose to do our calls, our weekly calls on Monday morning is very beneficial because it lets everybody know what's going on, what had happened over the weekend, but also what is high priority to start the week. We also have a weekly call with our team Thursday afternoons. So we strategically put these Monday mornings and Thursday afternoons because it separates them out as far as we can, essentially, in terms of you know being uh, twice a week, but not like right back to back. And also, we don't typically like to work that hard on Fridays. Let's be honest. So, you know, by having these calls Thursday night, it's kind of like, hey, how are we wrapping up the week? What are we going to be working on Friday and the weekend? So on and so forth. So it is Monday morning. We just finished our call. And, you know, we don't do a whole lot of podcasts on our business and kind of an inside look. So today I wanted to just talk a little bit about um, maybe an inside look into 
Mike and I's business. Yeah, and part of the reason I really like the Monday morning call is not everyone shares the same level of motivation on your team. So to get everyone and say, hey, it's Monday morning, what are we working on this week? Yeah, 9 a.m., it's not too early, but it's also not too late. And you give everybody a list of, okay, here's what's going on. Remember this property? Remember this property? What's going on with this one? What's going on with this one? It, it really just is like, oh, yeah, I've got to do this. And it just makes sure that things start moving on Monday morning. Because, again, that's it's tough for a lot of people. Oh, case of the Mondays. When you're back working that corporate job, you can definitely relate to that. So when we have people on our team, this isn't their passion. Like, you know what's funny, Mike? Like, if, like, obviously, this has been a long time, 10-plus years, or maybe not that long, maybe seven or eight years since I've had a boss, right? But I always dreaded Monday mornings. I'm excited to come into work Monday mornings because – I know a lot of stuff got completed over the weekend, and it's just kind of cool to update, you know, our own internal notes, uh, which we call just our management meeting notes, you know, Mondays and Thursdays on, Mm -hmm. hey, where are we progressing? Where have we maybe not talked or touched on this particular property for three or four days? Is there any action items that we had set for the last meeting that we haven't got to? You know, so on and so forth. So it keeps everybody in the loop, not only on what deals we're working, but what closings are coming, what wholesales we can expect, where we may be in a rehab for a rental or a rehab for a flip. I mean, just everything. In addition to touching base on everything, everything. we we modeled it after uh, the Traction uh, book or the Traction model by Gino Wickman is a book called Traction. And in that, they talk about uh, each thing should really be brought up in the context of issues, discussion, solutions. So we framed our meeting on that. So we kind of talk about, okay, here's our rental business or our uh, property management business. What are the issues? What do we need to discuss? And what are the solutions? So it's kind of that way as well. It's kind of like, okay, here's what's going on. What's our action items? You know, we kind of have that model for each unit in our business because we have multiple business units. We have our, our rental side. We have our wholesale side. We have our rental rehab side. We have our rehab rehab side. Uh, what else do we do? That's pretty much it at this point, mm, right? We turnkey sales. Turn. We do some brokerage. We have a coaching oh, yeah. business, Mike. Okay, we've got a lot. we got a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Right. Which is yeah. why we have an agenda and a meeting because there's so many little things we need to talk about. Make mm-hmm. sure that we're trying to uh, keep up and keep moving forward on all those aspects of our business. So let's talk a little bit about what is actually going on this week in our business, Dave. That's kind of uh, our thoughts here is just to uh, share what it's like to be a full-time investor, right? That's right. So our our uh, property management side, we have pretty much fully outsourced property management at this point. Um, yes and no. So they they do the day-to-day. They do the rent collections. They do the accounting for us, all that stuff, which is a huge relief. Uh, we still get some of the maintenance items. So we talk a little bit about those things. It's like, oh, what's going on with this property, yada, yada. And the reason for that is because we want to kind of try to control our, our maintenance costs, costs. Our maintenance costs, right. Because that is can be a big profit center for a lot of property managers. It can also be a big, uh, just, a, just a big loss leader for your rental properties. If, if uh, uh, someone decides, hey, let's just go ahead and replace an AC unit instead of getting it fixed, if it just needs a fix. If it just needs a fix, you're talking a difference thousand of dollars. three, maybe four grand in differences, right? Right. I mean, that, and that's an so extreme So we choose example. to do that, though, which is a great thing. We choose to control the, the cost of and the quality mm-hmm. of, the, of the rental properties that we have. So let's talk about our meeting notes. So, again, we try to keep our meetings to an hour, right? We do them twice a week, Mondays at 9 and then Thursdays at 3 uh, in the afternoon. 
And we have our meetings literally agenda scheduled out in advance. So let's talk about the sections, Mike, before mm-hmm. we dive into each particular section. Yeah. So you had mentioned property management. Well, Mike and I's number one goal is to get, you know, 150 rent- rental properties, right? Uh, we got up to almost 70 at one point. I think right now maybe we're down to 40. And the reason is, is we're selling off a lot of our properties, not all of them, of course, but a lot of them that, you know, essentially we maybe had 20 grand in equity in it or 15 grand when we bought it. And now all of a sudden it's 30 or 40. And it's because the market is so hot. And our goal is to get rental properties and create passive income, but you also can't be hard headed. And the reason I say that is, is because if a property is making you anywhere from four to 7,000 a year in passive income, and you can capitalize an additional 15, maybe 20,000 right now, how many years would you have to wait in passive income to get that 20 grand? And if you're only making three or four, I mean, that could be five years. Right. When you talk about years, right? Six or seven, Dave. I mean, think about our numbers. We shoot for $400 per month per property. So that's only $4,800. That's what we shoot for. Our average is probably closer to three, three and a quarter. Right. So you're talking about 400 times 12 is 4,800. So that's five grand per year. If you can make 20. Right. If you can make, well, 30, 40. Or 30 or 40. Right. Then it gets very, very interesting to possibly sell it and reinvest that into two other properties or three other properties or whatever. But we lead with the property management because also, you know, if you have a vacant house, you know, that's something that's really important. In my opinion, like getting that vacant house leased is probably more important than anything else I can do that day or the team, right? Because- there's the opportunity cost there. And when you get up to maybe having, you know, 30, 50, in our case, we had 70, we're probably down to maybe 40, 45 right now. It is the most important thing. Keep your eye on the assets because they are not assets if they're not rented, right? So that's where we start. So our meeting is broken down into maybe five or six different segments, property management being number one. Next, we talk about our rehabs for retail, meaning our flips, Okay. Again, time is money, right? When we are doing our flips, Mike and I use none of our own money. All right. Literally none. We're always borrowing the purchase plus the rehab. In some cases, we're we're paying annual, I'm sorry, in some cases, we're paying monthly interest. In other cases, we can get the interest tacked on in the rears and we just pay it all back whenever we go to sell or refi that property. So rehabs for retail or fix and flips is the next item. Again, time is money. So we want to make sure we're talking about these flips at least twice a week. Okay, so what's going on with a couple of our flips too? Because this is what kind of motivated the the idea to talk about our meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got, and this is something that is so confusing to us. Let's circle back. Okay. I want to talk about the segments. Okay. And then we'll jump into that one. But I'd like for your heads at. We only got a couple more. Next is rehabs for rental, Right or the rental properties that aren't essentially ready to hand off to the property manager. So when Mike and I buy properties, we're always buying direct to the seller, like 19 out of 20 times, right? Almost every single time, 19 out of 20 is direct to seller marketing, right? So when we buy these properties, we don't pay retail. That is no secret. We don't pay retail, period, okay? So with that being said, we're buying properties that typically need a lot of work. People aren't just going to say, hey, I'm willing to give you a 30 to 50% discount on my property if it's top notch. They know that they can get more. 
But when a property needs 20, 40, 50 grand worth of work, they're willing to give you a discount on it because you're solving a ton of problems. So next we talk about the properties that we have just bought from direct to seller marketing that are in the queue to be rehabbed or have some sort of maintenance being done. That essentially is the next high level of priority. So the re the the rental property management's first, then our fix and flips. Next would be the rehabs to go into the portfolio or maybe even to be sold off turnkey. That's the third level of priority for us. One thing I think about too is that our rehabs, we've got two tiers. So our rehab to retail, like Dave mentioned, and, and then this second, next one right? and is this rehab, is the... rehab to rental. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that I view rehab to rental, that is a vacancy. So David mentioned earlier, like your property management, your vacancies, that's one of your top priorities. Well, to me, those rehab to rentals, Every day or week or two weeks that that sits without being completed, that's a vacancy. That is a property that is not bringing in money. It's, it's costing a, it's a cost. money. It's not an asset. And it's, it's an expense. And it's not just an imaginary cost. There are real dollars involved. It, even if you have no loan, you should have insurance on the property and you're going to have taxes on it. It's unavoidable. Right. So you have expenses with this property. That is a real cost if you have a vacancy. That's why rehabbing those rentals. Got to be quick on them as well. It's very, very important. Right. So after we talk about the, so again, let's recap. Property management, fix and flip, rehab to rental, right? Or rehab to, to keep, essentially, it's the cherry pick deals. Next is our wholesales. We talk about, hey, what deals are we closing this week? Are we making profits on this particular deal? Or are we going to be keeping this particular deal from a closing? Um, also, what leads um, are really close we talk about what's under contract already and what's actually, you know, soon to be under contract. And then we just talk about everything else in wholesale, like, you know, who's behind on leads, who needs help, um, how are our cold callers operating, how is our cold texters operating, um, are we doing enough marketing, is there enough leads that are coming in to, to hit the property um, acquisitions team, so on and so forth. Next, we talk about brokerage and we talk about student success. Okay, so brokerage, Mike and I have a business that does brokerage. Mike's the broker here. I am not, uh, but we do have some agents that work for us, and sometimes they will need some support or just talk about what's going on, what's being listed. It's another part of the business. We try to put little effort into it because it's not our our key. Again, it's part of the business because it's part of the business. When we buy and list and sell properties, it's part of the business. You're going to be involved with real estate agents, with brokers. So we thought, let's go ahead and open the brokerage. But again, we are not working to build that business as aggressively as we are other parts of our business. So again, it has to be on our front of mind or, or part of our, uh, you know, part of our meeting, but it's kind of back of mind for our business. Right. So we move on. Then we talk about coaching. Then we talk about student success. Yeah. Hey, what is going on with the students? How can we reach out to these people and help them? Um, you know, ideally what we'll do is we'll be like, who have we not talked to in four five, six, seven days? Let's call them. Let's see what we can do to help, you know, improve their marketing, their offer generation, their appointment setting, their analysis of deals or yeah, whatever. What issue they are need. they having? Right. What issue are they having in their business? How can we help? How can we help? What direction can we help point you in so that you can yep. figure it out? And then we kind of wrap our meeting up with a couple little small notes. So we talk about our upcoming purchases. Those could be uh, wholesale purchases. They could be landlord uh, rental purchases. They could be fix and flip purchases. They could be purchases that we want to rehab and then sell turnkey. But regardless, we talk about what's in the upcoming queue for this week or next. And is there anything that we need to do? 
to, to, to purchase that? Is there any outstanding items? Uh, next, we talk about just the company and the company issues. Do we have any issues? Let's discuss them. Let's come up with solutions for those. We also have a little time block for full disclosure. This is, is anybody impo- doing something? This is important to me, um, mm-hmm. and I think that it's important to – there will be to you if you have a business partner. Block off a minute to just have a full disclosure conversation and just bring it up with the fact that, hey, you're both in real estate, and, yeah, you want to work together. But if you want to do something on the side, if you talk about it ahead of time and you just say, hey, Dave, I'm, I got this lead from my grandma or whatever. I'm helping my cousin do this. Yeah, we don't so ask you know. for, for, for permission in our full disclosure. Sorry about that. Typically. Instead, it's, hey, guys, I'm doing this. And it's like, great. I, I would never not want Mike to go do another rehab or add another rental to his personal portfolio. But it would suck if I found out that he's doing it behind my back. So well, right. it just, do it in front of the, your partner. Well, no, and the or, thing is, or team. If you if you do it without discussing it, it's kind of like, well, I wonder where that lead came from. It just brings up. I wonder. It just brings up. Yeah. Right. Like, so there's just too many unknowns. So I think that's extremely important when you start working with partners is to make sure you put a full disclosure section in there, just yeah. so that anytime you ever feel like, hey, I want to mention, and sometimes we bring up what's going on in our personal lives too. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to be really busy. This is going on. Sorry, guys. Or I'm like, taking vacation, guys. Right. I'm, I'm going to be out of the office. I, don't call me for a week and a half. I'm going to be skiing or whatever it might be. So, right. yeah, it's, full disclosure. It's a big part of it, though. Keep your keep your investors, your team, your your people in the loop. Let them know what's going on. And if it's an outside of business thing, that's fine. Just let everybody know so we don't hear about it later and it causes stress, animosity, anxiety, or whatever it And could nine bring. times out of ten, when you're partnered with somebody, I mean, they usually are not trying to screw you over. No, like, not again, at all. Or like, they'll offer some help. How can yeah, I help you with like your it, little side gig? It's, totally it's, get that. It's almost never are you trying to, to do anything. But again, it just feels that way to the other person. And you, you can't help but feel that way if you find out about it after the fact. And it just, you just don't do that. Right. Just nip it in the bud and say, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. Let you know. You know, I'm still going to be doing everything else for you guys, but... Yeah, that's so. right. So um, next, we talk about finances, guys. We talk about what bills we have uh, come and do with either, um, you know, a rehab or property management or the purchase or rehab of a new property. So we kind of take a look at our books and our numbers, and we pull up the bank account, and we basically try to say, hey, you know, what do we have going out this week or next, what's coming in, and are we going to be in a good situation? And if not, we should probably adjust the plan. So it's just a numbers and, and accounting is, and side a, of things. This is a tough one. So, like, numbers, as somebody who comes from the uh, day job thing, then moving to self-employed, and then moving to small business, it's very, very difficult to manage finances at these different levels and then to do it. Like, it, it is. It, I, I, don't, I still don't know that we're doing it 100% accurately. Uh, we've got a yeah, but we're looking at it twice a got, week, though, and that's the I know, thing. It's just it's I'm just mm-hmm. just talking oh, yeah. like it is something. It's very it can be overwhelming. So yeah, you got to keep your eye on the ball though, and the dollar bills are the ball in business. That's I mean, right. You've got to keep your eyes on them. So so last but not least, it goes hand in hand with the accounting side of our meeting notes is the NOISs, which basically just means. Hey, what property are we intending or planning on selling in the next 30 days? And if we did a lot of work to it, let's file with the county a notice of intent to sell. It's just a a simple thing that's recorded um, with the county. But what that does is it allows us the ability 
to not have to bring in all the receipts at closing, but it also notifies anybody and all people that would want to go look and see that we do intend to sell it. So if they are a contractor and they want to file a lien for whatever reason, they need to get their ducks in a row. Now, again, that's very rare that that happens, but this is public information. When you file a notice of intent to sell, it tells everybody, hey, we intend to sell this property in the next, what is it, 45 days? Um, and if we don't already have that NOIS file with the county, now is the time to kind of review the entire meeting and see what we need to send. And we did it today, and we found four. Four. We talked about this on Thursday, guys. Monday today, this morning, there was four properties that we found that we not necessarily overlooked on Thursday, but we're getting to the point where we're getting so close to listing that now is the time to file these. So those are the different sections. Let's do a quick recap. We start with, sorry to be scrolling over here, here Mike. We start with our property management. That's really what our passion is. All of our motivated seller marketing is really a, to cherry pick the deals for us to rehab or to rent. Everything else gets wholesaled. So our goal isn't even to market for wholesales. That just happens. How crazy is that? <laughs> the wholesale deals, they just happen because we passed on it. But everything that we market to is, is it worth it to keep? That's the goal for us. So it's it's a means to an end. So we start with the property management. Uh, next, we look at the rehabs to retail, which is our fix and flips. You know, what happened over the last few days? What can anybody do to speed this up? Are we having any issues with labor? Are we having any issues with materials or ordering of, you know, windows, appliances, countertops? These things may take a couple weeks. So we want to make sure we're talking about them often so we're not waiting until the last minute to order windows that take eight weeks, right? So rehabs to retail. Next, we talk about rehabs for rental which could be re properties that we're rehabbing to lease out, or it could be properties that we're rehabbing to lease out to then list and sell. But either way, it's the next list on the priority. Um, finally, we talk about brokerage, student success, upcoming purchases, and then, of course, global issues within our company, as well as full disclosure. And then we ended up, we ended out with the accounting and the numbers and the bills and the expenses and the income and and the, and the money that's going out, and we want to make sure that we don't get ourselves into a tight spot. So, Mike, I'm glad that we were able to cover the overview. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. Oh, you're good. If you want to dive into each section, we can, or we can just talk about the recap of the call today. Either yeah, way. well, no, the recap is what I was, uh, and I was excited to talk about because it is so interesting. The NOIS, and you've, you've talked about it now a little bit, is just something that is so mind-blowing to me and so, How much work it prevents. Well, well, it prevents, but also it's sort of complicated and not really that well understood, by me at least, by you, I know, because we still, we always like, oh, well, how many days and blah, 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 blah. So that's why we picked up today is that we need to file four of these NOISs because, again, we are going to sell them. It's a notice of intent to sell, and they're filed so that it allows workers or, I guess, contractors who have performed work on properties to know that this property is being sold, so if they need to attach a mechanics lien to it, they could. That's the that's the uh, in my brain the the point of it, right? Mm -hmm. Is so that people who say, "Oh, it wait also a minute. reduces a lot of um, a lot of I don't know what you would, what would call it. I guess legality from the title company's point of view. So if you say if you filed this paperwork with the county saying I intend to sell this property, well, when they get to the closing. 
they see, hey, you've you've went out of your way to tell the entire world this is public information that you intend to sell. If there's nobody that you know that hasn't got their mechanics lean in yet, that's their problem. Well, and it's not necessarily a lean. It's if there's anybody who believes they're owed money, any debtors from right. you because of something about this property. So that's the whole idea: is that anybody who did work on it gets paid because you're going to get a big chunk of money when you sell this house, most likely. So some of that money should be directed to them if they are entitled to it. So that's the whole idea. But then the process of it is somewhat complicated, and that's why it's actually one of the topics on our meeting note is NOISs because you have to review it so often. You can't just buy it, and we've learned this through years of working together. You can't just buy a property and say, okay, I'm going to file an NOIS because guess what, guys? I'm going to sell this in the next six months. I'm going to rehab it. I'm going to freaking sell it. Can't file it then. Why not? Yeah. Why, why not? Like, so there's a reason. Th- wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, there's a reason like, why you would file an NOIS, but also they don't want you to file it and then sell your property eight years later. It's time, time isn't really helping, right? So, Mike, that's a great point. And I think what you're getting at is, is when you file your NOIS, you are assuming that you're going to have it sold within 30 days and closed within 45. So sometimes we will wait until we go to list it or maybe a week or two prior to actually listing the property. Otherwise, if you get outside of those time frames, you have to file another NOIS. We, it basically voids itself out. We have to wait until that month. And we before. have to wait, right. You have to because if you think about a retail sale, they always, when they go on the market, it's always 30 days to close. There's never one. I mean, it's very rare that an agent writes an offer and says, Let's close in two weeks with this bank. That does not happen. Banks are 30 days, and that is on a good day. I mean, again, these banks take longer and longer. So these NOISs are tricky when you have to file it within 30 days of the sale and 45 days of the close. Like, it is. It's pretty tricky. So we almost always do. We go through it, and we look at, okay, which ones are we listing? Which ones have we got a contract on? If they're not listed, they're off market. And we have to figure this stuff out Mm -hmm. and, and plan it out that way. So the NOIS, again, it's just something that... It's a, it's a, it's difficult for me to wrap my brain around. Like, why wouldn't mechanics want to know? Hey, if I'm doing a job on this one, these guys are planning on selling this one. I should make sure that I get my myself paid, you know, or I should file on it if I don't get paid, you know. Right. We don't but ever again, have issues just, with mechanics liens because we, we pay, pay our people. <laughs> right. But you never know if there's somebody else that you know may have interest in the property from before you bought it, and they may want to claim on it, and so on and so forth. So. Something to be aware of. So, Mike, let's, uh, without boring everybody too bad about our meeting notes and our weekly um, calls and, and meetings, let's talk about the, the recap. Mm-hmm. So, these we try to keep our meetings to an hour, and we're going to try to keep this podcast to maybe 25 minutes, give or take, right? So, the meeting, we go through every single property that we have in our portfolio um, or that's has an action item. Maybe not every property if it's already handed over to property management, but basically anything that has any action items on it or any issues, right? So again, we start with the property management. We say, hey, what what are our categories here, Mike? We have vacants. We start with that. Hey, what's vacant over here? And we have two two different properties right now that are vacant. The property management team is on it. So we're going to follow up with them. We're going to say, hey, any update on these two? Have you got them leased or is there anything that we need to do on our end to help you get them leased? Next, we talk about Section 8 issues um, or anybody that is um, going into eviction or in eviction or in collections. 
right? And we just talk about the list. Who's on the list? Who's, you know, what's what's been collected recently? And is there anything we can do to help with that? What am I missing? Well, you're, you're getting off track, Dave, because we were talking about let's try to focus oh, on Oh, cool, cool, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So from the meeting notes from the, from today, here is basically the, the summary. Closings this week. We have two closings this week. We have Coil and Marmory. These are both um, properties that we are selling, one Thursday, one Friday. Closing soon, we have uh, one on Isolda and another on Osceola. So those aren't closing this week, but they're going to be closing most likely next week. So reason that we have them in our summary is what do we need to do with these for next mm-hmm. week to make sure they close? So have we talked to the sellers? Have we talked to the buyers? Have we talked to the title company? Do they have everything that, that they need from us so we can have a smooth transactions? Next, we have leads to figure out. And there's one on Kings that we have that we need to figure out. We were waiting to buy this for two months so a lien would fall off and a new one came on. In that time, Ugh. it happens. But guess what? That's yeah. that's not abnormal. We're, we're, our job is to solve problems. So it's, it's like okay, it's one true. problem went away, a new one came. We're not stopping. So literally, it's it leads to figure out and and work and, and see what we can do to get it done. What's next? And then Mike, you had mentioned the NOIS. We talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. We found four properties, and we didn't overlook four of them on Thursday, but we weren't ready to list within one to two weeks of any of these Thursday. But now we had a lot of people working over the weekend. And now we're literally within one to two weeks of listing for sale, Sunshine, Virginia, Glendale, and Villa Marie. It's four different addresses, essentially, or houses that it's like, okay, now's the time to file these NOISs. Let's do it. So we have a list of those for our closing coordinator to send the notice of intent to sell to the county and get recorded. Uh, Next, we have follow up on a couple different leads that are really close to, cl- or to getting under contract. And we're doing a couple joint ventures with some students as well as just some offers that we had sent out. So we're going to be talking about those. And then we literally have four other properties, St. Catherine, San Jose, Kings Highway, and Grenoble under contract to be purchased. The closing date on that is still probably around 30 to 40 days out because we just got those under contract in the last one to two weeks. But they're on our radar, right? So we're going to probably make an effort to stop by those properties this week, see if there's anything that we can do to prevent the buyer's due diligence from flagging something. I mean, essentially, we're going to make sure that these properties are uh, going to be a nice, smooth, easy transaction to make sure that the tenants are all up to date. And if they're not leased, we're going to find a tenant in the meantime. So that's it, though. That's the, that is the summary of our notes and it goes through a lot more detail in the hour that we are talking about it. But everything that is either vacant or being rehabbed or needs to close, we talk about. We talk about it twice a week, and we make sure that the entire team is in the loop. And that's it. So, guys, if you have a team of people and you are not meeting at least once a week, Mike and I recommend twice a week, and we strategically put our meetings Monday mornings and Thursday afternoons so we could space them out as far as possible – but we could also keep everybody in the loop as much as we possibly can. So twice a week, we know where we're at with our rehabs, with our rentals, with our wholesales. So if anybody needs help, they can speak up at that time. So meeting notes, more our marketing, not marketing, management meetings or internal company meetings are super important, guys. We highly stress that you do them. You put together an agenda. 
And I think that's one of the reasons why we're able to get through these in an hour and not two to three is because we have an agenda. And if we go off the agenda for a minute or two, that's fine. But one of us will typically say, hey, guys, let's stay focused. You know, put that on the side burner. Make a note. We'll talk about it at the end. But this is what we're talking about right now. And because we have that agenda, it allows us to go through these meetings with a great deal of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Close us out, Mike. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.